1: Welcome to this exciting next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast. And today we turn our attentions to Jamie Wolf. Jamie is the CEO and president of Million Dollar Story Agency. How are you, Jamie?
0: I'm great, Mark. Thank you so much for taking some time with me today. I appreciate it.
1: You know, it's such a privilege to host a a show like this because I get to interview interact meet with so many different thought leaders creatives people that are doing something different and I thoroughly enjoy it so sitting down with you today over the next 30 minutes looking forward to kind of finding out a little bit more about you and see what I can pull out of you that will really benefit our listener today and uh, it's good to have you with us today Jamie.
0: Excellent thank you Uh, you know I am an avid story lover And so an interview conversation in real time is a little bit like what I do with people to pull stories out of them. So I do appreciate this.
1: Yeah, me too. And I love stories as well. So I think we can have a lot of fun here. And I would love to know from you, Jamie, because this is something that's like in your blood, it's in your everyday, but how how do we increase our influence through the stories we tell? We're talking about, you know, sharing those authentic, vulnerable, deep stories, but How do we increase our influence through the way that we we share those stories?
0: I think it goes to the old adage of if a tree falls in the forest, you know, and nobody's around. And so um, many entrepreneurs talk about the loneliness of the journey, that yes, we join masterminds and we join networks and we reach out to other people and we look for our tribe, so to speak. But the idea that when we're working a little bit in isolation and we're deep diving into the thing that we're passionate about, then um, it if we're not getting that story out, we don't have the chance for people to find us. and if they can't find us, we can't grow our influence. So you know, these days in the world of social media, there's Facebook and there's Instagram and there's YouTube and TikTok and Clubhouse and all of these things, but there's a lot of noise. And so to be the influential person, the more platforms that you share your story on, um, it's like any supply chain, you need to find the way to reach your target audience, the thing that wants to buy what you have. I only work with entrepreneurs who do have offers because, frankly, offers are the thing that makes a difference in someone else's life. You know, whether you need a barbecue grill or you need mindset coaching or you need financial expertise or you need Facebook ads, whatever the thing is that you require, you won't know that this person has it unless you find out about them. So, raising your influence by appearing on platforms that make sense to you. I can't think of a, a really big thought leader influencer who doesn't have a book. So a book is a almost a natural. If you want to be a speaker, if you want to sort of set your goal in stone of like, I do this, I'm known for this and a book, whether it's an ebook or an audio book, it doesn't have to be just the classic book that you stick on your bookshelf anymore. It can be come in different formats, but it is just that thing that somehow humans go oh you wrote a book you're a published author ooh like that's something and we we respond to that i can't can't quite explain why but if you want to be an influencer making sure that you have your story and your offer and your strategies in book form really helps climb the ladder for you as an influencer
1: good And then how do we inspire others to take actions? I know one of the things that you do with your clients is you inspire people to take action. How do we do that?
0: Well, that's an interesting question because I think a lot of people, uh, one of the things I've always been interested in is this concept of resilience. Uh, You look at children who've been abused or anybody coming out of a real hardship situation, whether it's poverty or abuse or, barriers in some different ways. Some people give up. Some people roll over and just say it's too much. They're very passive. They become overwhelmed quickly. And other people go, come hell or high water, I'm going to keep going. And I think there's been a lot of study around what is that little resilience key. In the entrepreneurial world, I think a lot of people look at that as well. What is the difference between people who are just avid consumers of content They buy the course, they buy the network, they go to the events. Network marketing is a a great example of it. They are famous for their amazing events. And you go and the room is filled with so much energy and everyone's encouraging you and it feels great. And you go home and go, oh, well, you know, now the laundry needs doing and the dishes need watching, washing and carpool has to happen. And I've lost all that momentum. I can't do it by myself. And so a lot of people wanting to come into the network marketing space don't ever actually take the action. When I work with people and, um, you know, some people have the thought, I've always wanted to write a book, but that blank page, oh my goodness, that's pretty intimidating. Like, how do I start? And so we'll give people a framework which breaks it down, you know, classic how to eat an elephant, one bite at a time. I love element, elephants. I think that's a horrible analogy. But anyway, um. <laughs> You know, if you have a framework, if you just have a clue of how to start, once you get started, the rest falls more easily, it's not as difficult and then once you I, I am not a performer, I shy away, I can speak on a stage, but I sure as heck can't act or do anything like that. But I would imagine it would be like for a performer, once you feel that applause, like no matter how many jitters you have in advance, once you feel that applause, it's like, oh my gosh, I have to do this again. Because you realized you made a difference, you reach someone's emotions. So once you are writing, once you are putting that offer out there, It feeds itself because even if you help one person, wow, you helped one person. I remember so clearly the first time I wrote a book, I was partway through and I was like, who the heck am I to write a book? I mean, look at how many times I fall flat on my face. I have no business telling anyone else what to do because I haven't figured everything out yet. (laughs) You never figure everything out. But one sentence hitting one person at exactly the right time could change that life, and you have no idea whether they're going to go out and have an audience of millions or not. So, you know, it's been said before, but who are you not? I think it was Marianne Williamson. Like, who are you not to shine your light as brightly as possible?
1: Yeah, I love that contrast uh, there, Jamie. And. Really wonderful. I've heard lots of stories of people have have wrote a book, especially in the lockdown. I, I was one of those. And, you know, how do we increase our visibility and brand authority when, you know, if you're saying that everybody, you know, has a book in them, how do we continue to increase our own visibility and stamp our own authority in our own brand?
0: I can never answer a question simply. So I'll say, I think it comes, um, two ways one is the clarity portion the more clear you are on who you serve and what you offer the more direct you are and consistent you are in messaging we were chatting before we got started I have dogs and I joke that you know for training dogs it's really training the humans around the dogs and it's the humans need to be consistent it is like the giant most the most significant key, I think, is consistency, whether you're talking about producing content or, you know, don't feed the dog food from the table, you know, if you don't want them to beg kind of thing. And so if you can be, gain the clarity, and I think the action of writing a book, when you really have to think of who's, who am I talking to when I'm writing this, How am I going to say this thing that I do, describe it in a way that they actually understand what I do? When I work with clients, I really like to, and anyone listening can do this right now without me, without anybody else. If you know the thing that you offer, the one pain that you solve, the solution, the big endpoint solution that people want from you and think, okay, That could be the title of the book. That could be the title of the course or the mastermind. But I know you can't get from starting point to that one great big promise without taking a few steps along the way. If you break it out in your mind, getting that clarity component down as you craft the book, each chapter can be one promise, one mini step, one milestone accomplishment, if you're working with venture capitalists, you have to hit milestones so that they can give you the next round of money, the tranche of money. And so you want to have a very clean, clear deliverable. If you have that in one chapter, one week of your mastermind, then someone working with you experiences success. So now they just had one little mini success. They feel a little bit more competent in what they're doing. They gain a little bit of confidence in what they're doing from that. But you as the writer, the crafter, the entrepreneur with an offer, you are gaining clarity into, I thought that made sense. Did that make sense to you? Like, did you, you know, people like to say, did you pick up what I put down? Um, Which I always think is funny, but I took a tech writing course a long, long time ago. I lived near Microsoft out in the state of Washington. And it's like, I like to write. I'm going to become a certified technical writer one of the tasks that they gave us was they gave us a bunch of Legos, like 12 of the great big Legos. And they broke us out in teams of four and they said, okay, build you know, a rocket ship, build a little car." So they gave us each a different thing to build with six or seven Legos, write the instructions. And we did that. And then we went back in the same room. So we were doing this all in secret. We went back in the same room and we exchanged instructions with other teams. And it was hilarious, like nobody could follow the instructions and actually build the thing that we were. But we thought we were so clear. We had just come through weeks and weeks of technical writing training. So then you, you know, do things like go to the little thing that tells you how to change the tire, use the jack in your car, and you try to follow it. You think of the gazillions now that's all just, hey, look it up. You know, all of the instructions are online now. But somebody's writing somewhere, can you follow this set of instructions? It's the same thing if you've got an offer and you're talking to a specific avatar and you're putting it in a book or a course, can you get out of your head in a way that's translated so the person reading or following actually knows what you're talking about? So the first step in a book and um, gaining influence and authority and brand is the act of writing the book especially if you do it in conjunction with a course, is creating clarity for you, which means your customer, your perfect client is going to have great results. And that's what you want to talk about is like, I'm in this so that people who work with me actually get what they want. They get the resolution to the thing that they're having problems with. And then I celebrate them. And then that attracts more people to me because they go, oh, if they had such great success, I want that great success too. So clarity is the first part. The second part is I found a lot of people would say, oh, I always, you know, wanted to write a book. And when I say people, I mean, specifically entrepreneurs who sell things (laughs) um, because lots of other people want to tell lots of other stories. And I applaud that, encourage them to do so. I'm not the right person to help them with that. But when I'm working with an entrepreneur who has an offer, they say, I'm going to write the book after I finish my course or mastermind or launch this thing. For a while, I said, okay, I guess you know best, bye. (laughs) And then i go back and check with them like six months later. And so, hey, how did your launch go? Oh, this has been so much more than I thought. It's taken longer. It's been harder. Like, I really need to get some money going. Like I'm not to revenue positive yet. And it's like, I think I can fix that for you. My promise to people working with books is start to finish 90 days like from the time we first have a conversation to the time it's launched in the world 90 days if you follow the thing that I was just talking about where you craft each chapter to correspond to a course then you have your front end if if anyone listening is familiar with funnels you've got your front end low ticket offers your free digital giveaway book your print free plus shipping printed book offer, your audio book. And then by the end, at the back end of the funnel, which is where the money is actually made, you have the high ticket offer because you just created the course or mastermind. I think your original question, which I probably still haven't answered yet, is like, how do you increase your brand authority and influence launching to best seller? When I first started this journey, My intent was to help people with the business end because I came from a business background, having fallen into entrepreneurship and working with lots of venture capital people and and all of those things. So I understood the numbers side and the business revenue model. And that's what I wanted to help people with. But they said, oh, you know how to write? And I was like, well, yeah, doesn't everybody? (laughs) Um, You know how to publish? And I was like, oh, my God, that's easy. Go look it up on Amazon. It gives you the steps. I want to launch to bestseller why would you want to do that? That's an algorithm game. However, first I went back to my business background and went, if the market is asking for something, give it to them. Stop telling them they don't need it. If they want it, deliver that. So they wanted help writing, publishing, and launching to bestseller. There is also something inherent in saying bestseller, Having that next to your name, whether it's Amazon bestseller, USA Today, Wall Street Journal bestseller, New York Times bestseller, bestselling movie, blockbuster movie, there's something, you know, all of the athletes that make it to the Hall of Fame, there's something about us that we pay attention to that. It is a gut response. If you're a bestseller, you know something that the person standing right next to you with all the same credentials, except that one thing, we trust you more. Maybe part of it is because we understood they took the action to actually write and publish the darn book and get it to bestseller. That's an action taker. But also the social proof, which we like to understand, the social proof of saying your bestseller makes a difference. So there is, it is an algorithm game, but hopefully you also have really good and clear content. Um, once you're an Amazon bestseller, That's one level of fantastic. If you're a USA Today or Wall Street Journal bestseller, you are a bestseller on a broader scale, on a slightly higher tier. Once you have that, it's the snowball effect. Oh, you're a USA Today bestseller? Well, I run a podcast that's only for seven and eight figure entrepreneurs. I'd like to invite you on that podcast. Oh, you've done this. Let me invite you to share the stage with. So and so, you know, and suddenly you're just working in a a higher level, higher tier, not of human beings, because we're all great, but a higher tier of accomplishment or just knowledge. They're just further ahead in the business game. And so you can learn something from them. And then suddenly you're being introduced into this network and it just keeps building on itself. And then you have the opportunity to turn around and reach back down to the person who's right behind you, trying to get where you are, and go, "Let me show you how."
1: Good, you really, you really gave us a lot of uh, depth uh, to that to that question. But uh, you're a storyteller, so in some ways, it's it's no <laughs> surprise, uh, Jamie. Jamie, do you believe every book we write should be strategic to reflecting a back? to our offering that we have, or will people perhaps, you know, through their natural story telling ability result in sales and credibility?
0: I firmly believe that a business person is here to be in business, that the way we affect the most significant change is to focus on growing our business first. I had a mentor a long time ago who said, you know, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to give back. And he's like, oh, honey, so noble. What are your, you know, what's your revenue? What are you hitting weekly? What are you hitting monthly? What are you hitting today? And I struggled with those questions. It's like, if you really want to give back, make the money first, hit that million dollar a year, hit the $10 million a year. You will free up your time. And you will have money that means a lot to the charities, the, the places that you're contributing your own community, your own family. When someone says to me, I've always had a book inside me, and often that's triggered by sort of the thing I started with, of, oh, dear God, I had this thing happen to me and it was horrible. And I want to make sure that nobody else goes through that. I suggest that that's the second book that they write that the first book that they write should be very highly strategic with a specific business goal in mind. And as you build your brand authority, your credibility, your visibility, then people will actually pay attention to the story that's on your heart that you want to share. But I don't think that's the place to start. We don't want to hear what you did last summer, and I don't mean to minimize anyone's pain or journey. It's just not the place if you've had a mess in your existence and you want to make the mess into your message, as people often say, make sure you've come through to the other side first because that will let people go, okay, I can follow them to the place that I want to get to. The pain has been resolved. The problem has been solved. The solution has been not only found, but achieved. If you only tell the story of, the health crisis, the layoff, the bad divorce, the betrayal, the whatever, and you are not yet standing in a very strong place, it's just one of many stories because we all have them. Mm-hmm. So I, and and it's, it's not saying that I'm right, and it's not saying that everyone would hold this position, but my view is let's be darn strategic first to put you firmly on the map as the influencer. And then you have the luxury and the freedom to be a bit more creative and poetic in your storytelling.
1: Yeah, what's interesting, I think, so far in this interview, Jamie, is you, you're very uh, comfortable in your own skin and, and you know how you've constructed your own, own business. So it's almost like you've asked these questions yourself, come up with the answer, and a very... Um, what would be the right way not not pc not politically correct but you know in your answer you're very balanced in the fact that you're saying this is what i would do acknowledging that actually not everybody would do it this way which i think is quite refreshing now i've just wrote my third book called mark of a man uh, which launches on november 30th and i thought this would be a great kind of question as a way to see what do you think that you could have done for me that i couldn't have done for myself if we used my book as as like a bit of a role play on on what you do
0: well first of all congratulations for writing a book because and writing three books sometimes I talk to people and say hey here's what I do want to come on board and they go yep I already wrote a book (laughs) (laughs) and I try not to be rude to the person because I don't ever want to do that but I laugh and go Imagine, just imagine if Jack Canfield wrote one book and said, nope, I'm good. (laughs) You know, he's published a half a billion books that are out there in circulation because he wrote more than one book as a solo author and he participated in lots of anthologies. And then of course, lots of compilations of other people telling stories. It is certainly writing a book and publishing it one and done might be a checkbox on, you know, your bucket list. You always wanted to write a book. And if that's all you wanted from it and you did it, great. Stop there. I've said before, I think that understanding that books are part of a distribution system, a supply chain back to your value ladder into your email list so that you can continue nurturing them with whatever. It's a good strategy to write more than one and to participate in more than one anthology because it puts you in networks with different people introducing you to their audiences or your offer to their audiences. So strategically, I really like it when I meet people who have written more than one book. So yay you. Um, when When I first talked to someone, I was like, why do you want to write a book? Like what Endpoint? point do you want from it? What result do you want to get from it? So not knowing why you wanted to write this third book or what you wanted to get from it, I'm a little, you know, hesitant to just jump in and offer opinions. It's like the, the consultant that gets called in to troubleshoot. Like if they just start saying, okay, here's what I would do without spending some time understanding what's going on foundationally before they start opening their mouth. Um, But assuming that you want the most number of eyeballs on this next book that you write and you want to attract people, I also go about things a little bit differently perhaps than other people because the first time I wrote a book and published it, and learned that the hard part, the truly hard part in books is the marketing and sales. Yes, writing can be a thing if you're not comfortable with it. Yes, publishing is a little bit of logistics, but actually making sure that you sell lots of copies with the purpose of having lots of people come into your world, not to make money from the sale of books. I tease that unless you're writing about vampires or or uh, things of that sort that you're not going zombies. That was the other one. Vampires and zombies. You will sell millions of copies, but otherwise maybe not unless you're at a super high level already with a very large marketing budget. The purpose of selling a book is to sell the course or the offer that you have after the fact. That is where the true ROI for an entrepreneur comes in with books. So to do that, you want visibility. So that's an Amazon bestseller list or an USA Today, New York Times, Wall Street Journal bestselling list. When I started, I didn't know how to market. I wasn't familiar with the online world. To take myself out of my lane of what I knew how to do and start learning how to do that wasn't effective. I don't want to make an entrepreneur who is fantastic at e-commerce or fantastic at whatever else they do stop and learn how to market and sell a book. So many people will say, start six months to 12 months in advance, do all of these gazillion things to build your list. You have to be everywhere. I'm an introvert. I hate being on camera. I don't mind talking to people like this. But if you want me to do like little movie trailers launching about my book, you want me to go to. Pre-pandemic, when you had to travel a little over and do physical book launches, that's an expense. It's time-consuming. What if I'm not comfortable being around all these strangers? Things of that sort. So I wanted to take all that pain away, all those barriers away. So when we launch a book, we start the week of the launch. We do get a team of people around it, other entrepreneurs with other offers, so that it's a marketing effort for them to all go, hey, during this short period of time, we want you to purchase some number of copies of this book in support of our author. And to do that, we're giving you these other things for free that are of value. If you've got a list of 20 free things, do I need all 20? Probably not. Probably only one or two are actually going to speak to me and what I need but then a different two might speak to the other couple. So when you get a small group together with an ethical bribe of, hey, take an action right now and we'll reward you for taking that action by giving you something of value to you, it helps the person offering the thing because now that person who took them up on it just got on their email list and can be nurtured and learn more about them. And it helps the immediate sales. The We build on that of, okay, you hit bestseller, we're doing press releases, depending on how much you're in the press and depending on which list you went to, we can get you verified on Instagram. And so suddenly you are just building your credibility on a number of fronts. Podcast book launches, book tours, you know, that is a newer thing after the fact, not beforehand, because sometimes it takes a long time to edit and release a podcast interview. But I just don't want people to have to get out of their lane too far ahead of time and learn how to market and build a list in advance. We just go straight for the heavy hitter launch, making sure categories are relevant to your industry. And then you have this claim. And then we build on that from there because then you can go run the challenge or run every... The, The point being, you want to get people to your offer. You just had this big success. That was the first rung on the ladder. Let's move on. Let's get that done as fast as possible and then go to the next thing. And I don't know if that helped you directly because I don't really know the purpose behind your book, but maybe that helped somebody.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good it's just a good case in point without putting too much attention on on, on my book, but using it as an example uh, for other people that may be in a position. So that was that was helpful, Jamie. Thank you. Got a couple of questions left before we uh, bring this into land. Uh, We've been talking a lot about stories. I'd love to know on a personal level, Jamie, whose story has impacted you the most and why?
0: That is an excellent question. I have worked with a lot of authors in anthologies and a few authors in solo authored books. I have found that unexpectedly, I both laugh and cry at almost every story that I hear. Again, because you know, we're not victims. We are out in the world building businesses while we may have the standard rags to riches story that we sort of breeze through in a hurry just to edify ourselves a little bit at first. And why should you listen to me? Here's where I came from. Here's where I am now. You can do the same when you dig deeper and you find some of the other stories Um, there's a woman in one of my anthologies, she is making in excess of $25 million a year. Her stake in the ground is she doesn't want anyone to be homeless. So she is in a niche in the real estate space. That is her driving force. She grew up, um, physically and sexually abused in the foster care system and a little bit in a religious cult. She has since gone on to donate millions to stopping child trafficking. She has gone on to have, I think at last count, like almost 70 foster care kids that have come through her home and been taken care of. So for a woman, a child who started, goes back to that thing of resilience, who started, with the odds so horrifically stacked against her. And the first time I met her, she just scared me because she was such a high power person. It was like, oh, can I help you write your book? But like, don't bite me (laughs) because um, she's just really, really strong in her conviction and her vision. And she's just going a thousand miles an hour all the time. And I'm a little bit more laid back than that. But as I learned where she got that drive from, and why it was so important for her to push herself as hard as she could, because she's making the millions to give back to these incredibly important causes, and her business is also affecting millions in a very positive way to make sure that everybody gets out of an unhomed situation into a place where they've got that sense of pride and ownership and security that they're not going to be out on the street again. That was a pretty powerful story, not in just what she accomplished, but in my own head trash of I'm afraid to work with someone who is so driven and who comes in so strong. That wasn't my personality type. When I started to uncover that maybe some of those people who intimidate me a bit have a real damn good reason for how they show up in the world, and I can respect it and meet them there, bring myself up a notch to meet their level of intensity. I just learned something as well.
1: Mm. It is interesting, isn't it? When you go through life and you have introspection and something hits you between the eyes. And you know, I think judgment of others is one way. Say if you're uncomfortable with somebody's choice, uh, and reflecting on why you're uncomfortable, and and trying to understand that a little, as you say, it's kind of can you go up another notch? Can you embrace kindness even if you don't agree with it or understand it? Can you still extend kindness to to this person? You know, and it is interesting what it reveals. You know, and I've had some of those moments myself. Like even more recently. So, yeah, I, I like that answer very much. Jamie, uh, last question for you before I ask you to tell us a little bit of where people can find out more about you and anything else that you may have burning that we haven't covered. But my last question is, if Jamie Wolf didn't exist, why would the world need to create her? Oh.
0: I ha- I'm a word person. So, I pay attention to what words are nuanced and have meanings. I often have people refer to me as a very kind person, which seems like a good thing to be thought of as a kind person. But I struggled for my whole existence with being nice. And the difference between nice and kind kind of translated to nice is a doormat. And so, for many years, I chose, I put myself into situations where I got to be somebody else's doormat because I was so nice. Oh, she's so nice. When I learned that kind can be strong, I think that helped change me, helped change my trajectory, how I show up, how I invite other people to show up. And it is that Necessity that if somebody goes first and then someone's willing to raise their hand saying, Okay, here's what I've done because you can do it too. So if Jamie Wolf, this Jamie Wolf weren't here now, someone else would need to go through the journey of the transition from nice to kind. And that I, it is important to me to be a kind person, to learn how to introspect enough to know that if something goes wrong, what did I do to contribute to that? Not in a judgmental, let's put Jamie down sort of way, but how can I do better the next time? How can I meet someone halfway the next time? That's being kind. It's also being kind to set boundaries and say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not hanging out with that person. I'm not putting myself in that situation. Again, that is a kindness, not just to me, but to the next person. So I would invite the new created Jamie Wolf to go on that bandwagon of there's a difference between nice and kind. It is important, I believe, to be kind, but not to the extent that you have lost yourself in that process.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. That was a great answer, Jamie. Well done. High five for that one. Is there <laughs> is there anything else that you uh, want to share that we haven't very uh, quickly? If not, then feel free to tell people where they can find out more about you and your work.
0: Ah, uh, well, thank you for that we are actively working to put people into an anthology for USA Today Wall Street Journal bestseller that will launch first quarter of 2022 so if you are looking to position yourself and your brand and your authority at the next level for to set off your 2022 well this would be a fantastic opportunity For you, not only for the brand recognition, authority, visibility that we've talked about, but also to meet the other author entrepreneurs that will be in this book. It's like a mini mastermind on paper, but you get to network with these other folks. So join our inner circle of the USA Today anthology. You can find me through, uh, so I run Million Dollar Story Agency. You can find me at milliondollarstory.co. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn, all those places. Jamie Wolf. Um, I have really long hair when it's not um, all tied back. And so a lot of my photos on those social media sites have me with my hair down. Um, so if you're it's like, is that Jamie? I don't know. Like, just look for the person with a lot of hair, um, sort of like um, it, if you are old enough to get that reference as <laughs> not
1: it. Beautiful, Jamie. Well, it's been really good to spend this time with you and uh, look forward to continuing to watch and observe your, your progress and help. Uh, just encourage you to create, you know, platforms for other people to share their stories in, a, in an effective way. Thank you so much.
0: Mark, thank you for the time. Great to be here.
1: Thank you for joining this episode with me, Mark Sefton. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Feel free to leave us a positive review on iTunes and I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast.